Everybody's good. All right. All right. Welcome to tonight's edition of Hopcat Presents Local Spins Live at River City Studios. I'm John Singovich with the localspins.com website, and we are honored to have the Mute Flutes in the studio with us tonight as they prepare to release their third album and brand new recording, Hideaway Love, this weekend. So please welcome the Mute Flutes. Uh, we got Micah, Aaron, Levi, Adam, and Marie. Uh, I think I'll start uh, with Micah because uh, the Mute Flutes released their debut album back in 2012, and from that stage until now, maybe you can explain a little bit about what's happened with the band, how it's changed, and how the music has changed since the whole thing started. Yeah, 2012, we put our first album out, but I think we started playing together in about 2010. And so it's been almost six years, about six years we've been playing together. And um, so there's been a couple different uh, versions of the band. So Marie's our third and favorite keyboardist at this point. And um, the other things that have happened is uh, Chad Houseman or Tom Him, as some of you may know, was our drummer for a couple of years. And then Levi's taken over the last two and a half years, Levi? Three. Three years. So we've been playing with this configuration for like two and a half years. And it feels like... Um, as the albums have gone on, we've gotten closer and closer to our sound. And so we're all very excited about this third album because um, it feels our closest to our personality and who we are musically. You know, people would think when they listen to your music that it's an indie folk band, but you bring in other elements, other genres into what you do. How do you sort of visualize when you're writing music the kinds of instrumentation and the attitude and the approach that you want? Um, <laughs> we fight sometimes. <laughs> well, we we operate the band on a democratic notion, and yeah. there's five of us, so there's always a vote, and it's a sometimes a three to two vote. And some members of the band are more easily swayed than others, and so um, and some less, and some less. <laughs> some yeah. of us have very strong, very very strong opinions, and other of us can be swayed. So there's a lot of voting that goes on, to be honest. Um, <laughs> And so it's been interesting, you know, uh, this album, more than the first two, has really put everything on the chopping block. So uh, Aaron wrote a couple songs and brought them, and Marie wrote a song and brought them, and I wrote songs. But by the time we sort of throw it on the chopping block, chop them up, throw the spices in, it's like what we have created all together feels really different than what we each individually bring to the band. And there's a certain amount of, I think, trusting that process of going... Um, I really want to do it this way, and there's three or four of the people in the band going, <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's the best way to do it, and trying to sort of trust the collective more than my strong feelings inside of me. So if you had to describe how the, how the band and the sound of the band has evolved, is it more of a rock band than it used to be? Is it more Americana-oriented? What, in your view, has, is different from, let's say, the first album you guys did? I think the interesting thing is that I'm a, very much a, a blues-influenced guitar player, and Micah's very much influenced by, like, acoustic folk. Um, Levi definitely likes more of a jazz-oriented drumming, and Marie is doing her own project, and it's much more pop-oriented. So that kind of all comes into play. Um, it's it's really hard to say sometimes what we're gonna do next. I mean, one of some of our songs have like this kind of groove to them. This like one of them has like a Santana vibe, but then there's like spoken word in the middle of it, um, which we may play this evening. Um, it's uh, it's hard to know 
when we go into the practice space, what we're going to come out with. There's a song that we almost chopped off the uh, off the album that was originally like a garage rock kind of a tune, very um, very uh, four on the floor, just kind of, and then it turned into this really kind of swanky, almost like spy groove kind of thing. Um, so it's just it's it's hard to say. We've actually had times at practice where we're like. Okay, let's try it like reggae style. Yeah. And okay, let's yeah. try it like two like a two step country, and we just kind of keep playing until one of them starts like, ooh, how'd that one feel? Say <laughs> we try to serve each song. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I know you sequestered yourselves away in Michigan the last time to record your last album. What made you guys decide to go all the way to Minneapolis to record this particular project, and how did that whole uh, process work out? Where you want to feel that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so Darren Vermas was our engineer, and he actually approached us about working together. So he was our connection to uh, The Hideaway, which is the name of the studio in Minneapolis, which is kind of how we chose our album title as well. So we kind of locked ourselves away there, and it was kind of nice to be away from home and away from families and away from jobs, and we could focus all day, every day um, for 12, And, and Darren grew up in Michigan. Yeah, and Darren's from Hudsonville, I believe. Yeah. So he always tries to keep his eye on what local bands in Michigan are doing. So it's kind of his pet project as well. And the Hideaway Studio is one of the studios that he kind of cut his teeth on. So yeah. he was very familiar with that. And so did you guys walk into the studio with a passel of songs to play, or did a lot of that get developed while you were recording and in the studio? We, we knew mostly what we wanted to play, and there were a couple. There was one song that um, we were hoping to get to that didn't get done and we contemplated some instrumentals and things like that and we just ended up focusing on what we felt really comfortable with and really happy with and um but it was mostly written beforehand and were there lessons that you learned from this particular experience versus previous recording Uh, i still wanted more time like (laughs) another week in the studio i will say that we ate um a lot of uh dip From tra- Trader Joe's. Artichoke dips. Like, do you know how many dips you can get at Trader Joe's? So many. And we ate them all that week. What was your, what was your favorite? Of what was your, yeah, what was your favorite? The feta dip. Feta dip. I like the feta dip the best. And that. we were introduced to Aquavit. Yes. Um, and that's a very, very interesting thing to try and record with. Yeah. Um, we had one night where we had, um, there were some locals from Minneapolis who came in for the evening, and it just sort of happened. They sort of all descended the same evening. And it was the evening we were doing claps and some background vocals and gang vocals and things like that. And uh, we passed around the Aqua V and all took like literally just one sip. And it was madness the rest of the night. We're not sure what was in it. Um, but it was, I think it made the, the background vocals richer and the claps and snaps even more colorful. You'll have to decide if you listen to the album. They all sound drunk. <laughs> so if you had to settle on a theme that resonates through this album or an attitude or approach, what would that be for this particular project? I mean, is it melancholy? Is it upbeat? It's way more upbeat, yeah. I think, than our other stuff, which it makes, I think, all of us happy because we definitely touch on really serious themes with our lyrics, and we still do, but um, there's a particular song that we battled. It's called The System. We battled and battled for like a year and a half, like six or eight different versions of this song, and was really heavy. And it's got like pretty serious subject matter, but it became this like upbeat song, and we're really proud of that. So I think that kind of 
is the direction that we hope to go. Yeah, I think there's a tension in our music where we're saying really serious things. And in this album in particular, there's sort of a playfulness with it. You know, it's sort of the understanding that, you know, there's really serious stuff going on in the world. And then there's also moments to stop and play and celebrate. And those things exist. And that's confusing and difficult as a human. And I think that's what we try to capture in this album is, is both sides of that. Well, let's celebrate. Let's hear some of that music. Uh, what are you going to start things off with? Uh, this first song is called Racing, and uh, this is a song that Marie brought to the table. It's actually the first cut off of uh, this album, and uh, it's like a duet, right? It's, it's nice. M Marie sounds like, a, she sounds like a Disney princess when she sings it. It's so beautiful. That's what, that's what Jeff said, right? A Disney princess. It's just imagine, like, Ariel singing. When she sings it, it's great. <laughs>
So uh, this next song is a song called uh, Just Like You. And I wrote uh, about three-fourths of this song. And then uh, I called Aaron one night, and I said, Aaron, what are you doing? <laughs> and he said, I can, nothing, I can come over. And I said, well, come over, I got this song, it's, I like it. It's not finished, it needs something else, so come on over. And uh, Aaron and I, we love each other dearly, but we often have opposite opinions all the time. Oops. And um, so he came over, and we sat out by the bonfire that night. And we fought and fought and fought all night long. And every time I would say, this is it. He's like, no, no, no. And every time he would say, this is that, I'd say, no, no, no. That's, that's a part of the tension is that we yeah. always, we, I say things so figuratively, and Micah tends to go more literal. And it's the whole night we figured it the out. The whole night long. And um, we ended up coming to a song that was really, really close. And then uh, we were in Minneapolis, and there were just some lyrics that weren't sitting well with any of us. And so we ended up changing it. And uh, this is what you get. Finished or not. <laughs> it's my favorite song. With the stool and stay our sitting, well behaved and at their desk. They standardize our children as they standardize the test. And the water that is flowing to our homes and through our veins. The poison we're all drinking It hurts us all the same I am just like you and You are just like me All opposing views Just, just please have a seat Keep us far apart 
this suffering My dreams make some strong in my heart Keep it soft I know I'd be fine if I could turn my mind off But sometimes what feels right don't seem right at all And I'm stuck inside of me I'm so stuck inside of me Be there to reflect the glow 
I've been hearing everything from the Counting Crows to David Gray to the Lumineers and some of the stuff that you guys are doing. Where do you guys draw your inspiration as musicians? Are there particular songwriters or artists who really sort of motivate you or, or have inspired you? Well, I stopped listening to music in about 1999. <laughs> that, that explains it. So uh, I feel pretty committed to the late 90s, and so... Uh, I appreciate that you heard the Counting Crows in there. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, and so uh, that's that's where I end on my musical influence. I stopped listening to music because I, I wanted to just catch the spontaneous creativity that was flowing out of me. I didn't want to be tainted by other musicians. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I also uh, just have a CD player, and I don't really, don't really have an iTunes account, so that's part of it. There's nothing wrong with CD players, <laughs> or or with record players for that matter. But uh, I mean, are there other bands? Or I mean, you grew up. You say you were at a blues sort of background. Yeah. Were there... I mean, I would say for me, it's either that '60s era, or um, I mean, '90s rock is still, I think, hitting me pretty good in some of these riffs. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to be ashamed of that. I mean, I, I love that stuff. Um, yeah, I I have a hard time pinning it down. Um, does anybody else have like a specific <laughs> artist or something that they think? Uh, I listen to a lot of electronic music, so Tycho is probably my favorite. I do love David Gray, so there's probably a little bit of that in there. A little bit of Coldplay in the last one. Um, but I tend to like instrumental electronic like riffs, like melodies, and so that's what I try to bring into what's happening with all this. Because there's so much happening with guitars. I don't want to busy it all up. So that's what I try to, I try to bring. 
So I'm going to open it up for uh, questions from our audience here. What is it that you're dying to ask the Mute Flutes? Who has a question for the band? I just, I have a new favorite song, Reasons. And I think I heard it first, maybe in our basement. So um, I wanted to hear more about the writing process. There's so much that's relatable in there, I think, with like indecision and suffering and being stuck in your own mind. Yeah. Those things stand out to me. I want to hear where that came from in your process. Um, yeah, so that song um, has a lot to do with myself. Um, I'm the expert on me, and I find that I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings, and then also a lot of like sensations in my body. And I think that song is just a picture of um, trying to figure out how all three of those go together. And uh, some t the line, sometimes what feels right don't seem right at all. And then later on the song says, sometimes what feels right, sometimes what seems right don't feel right at all, and sometimes what feels right don't seem right at all. So I think that balance between this feels right, but it doesn't seem right, and this seems right, but it doesn't feel right, and, and that conflict. Um, yeah. And uh, that, that line of um, my drinks keep them strong and my heart keep it soft. I know I'd be fine if I could turn my mind off, but sometimes what seems right don't feel right at all, and I'm stuck inside of me. And I think that's just that conflict of, um, of wrestling with that, like uh, sometimes my own indecision and my own sort of lack of clarity uh, creates that tension within me, and sometimes I drink whiskey to help with that. <laughs> Do you write on the road? Do you write like locked up in your room? Do you write along like Michigan somewhere? You know, I wish that there was a way to tame the creative spirit in songwriting, but it's not. She's elusive. Um, and so sometimes songs come, like, a line at a time. And sometimes, like, you know, you're like, well, it was a Friday, and I started at 3 o'clock, and I was outside, and so let's just do that again, and that doesn't work. And then sometimes you're like, I was feeling really happy, and then that worked that one time, and it didn't work the next time. And, you know, so I think the idea of trying to, like, for me, at least, trying to like figure out any formula is uh, hasn't really worked. So uh, what I've committed to is just trying to keep pieces of paper and um, a recording device on my phone at all times. Because uh, sometimes it's been like driving along on a random road and a line just comes and it's like the whole song's there. It's like all I have to do is find a guitar and then you know, 30 minutes later there's a song and then I've sort of slaved over songs for days, hours, weeks, months, and thrown them away. So I wish this was an easy answer to that. We do. There's no easy solution. And, and every song, especially in a band, I'm sure you guys bounce ideas off each other. And like you say, you fight over a song, or, or there's some songs that come really easily. You introduce them to the band, and everybody knows what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there's songs that are like, oh, like we're an hour in, and we know how the song's going to go. And there's, like Aaron's mentioned, the songs that months and months, we don't get anywhere, or it takes a long time. Anybody else? So I feel like sometimes I hear artists who are writing songs for consumption, like they, they're writing something that, that people want to hear, and then other times there are artists who are writing songs that um, mean to challenge the listeners. How do you guys balance that? Um, because I feel like you're, you're teaching us something as you do what you're doing, but also you're making it enjoyable for us, um, and it feels like airing on one side or the other can be catastrophic like how do you balance that i think we're moving kind of like trying to split the difference with our new album honestly um <clears throat> there are a couple of 
songs, kind of like reasons that are really emotive um, and intense and, and more like maybe deep cuts that you have to really sit with. But there are also songs that um, we're trying to say, what would people like? And like, how do we, how do we balance our, our seriousness with something that's really enjoyable to listen to and upbeat? Um, I love minor chords, but there are so f- much fewer minor chords on this <laughs> album than in any of the other albums. And it's hard to, to say, but, but it changes something um, because ultimately music should be like uplifting. Whether it's uh, this is going to be where I'm going to have to disagree with you on this Damn. narrative. <laughs> uh, to me, when I'm writing, I try really hard not to think about how anybody is going to receive it. Like to me, it's like this cathartic process of sort of like journaling, like almost like where I write it, and I'm just like kind of, blah, and I'm like, if it feels good to me, then I'm going to write it. And it doesn't mean that always ends up like in a mute flutes album, but that's yeah. kind of how I write, just because. Uh, when I've tried to like think about like oh I wonder what Jeff Helms is gonna like and then I wonder what you know Chris is gonna like it just sort of it takes it takes this process of what's so healing for me in music and art and that's just to like get it out there and so I'm really glad you guys like it don't get me wrong Um, but uh, it's not ultimately something that I specifically do to try to like people like it so but that's our that those are our roles in the band, and that's kind of like the way it goes. Is I I am the guy who definitely says no. We should make that more accessible. Sometimes like that, then that's how it was writing that song. Just like you, like constantly, it was this thing of like, well, I just want to get this out, and and I was saying, I want it to feel right, and uh, and right is so subjective, and that but then that, that's my personality. But that's how we work as a band. Is it's like always this push and pull, yeah. Aaron and I have been married for five years, <laughs> and we, we, we see our differences as an opportunity to grow as human beings, and not as a, uh, something that you know, frustrates the hell out of us. But they're still together. Uh, and anyone else? Uh, so what's the driving force behind the Mute Flutes? What is it that keeps you keeping on? Yeah. Yeah, speak into a mic if you talk. It's... <laughs> I, I would say I, I would say everything else aside we just thoroughly enjoy being human with each other like we love creating the music we create and these guys have all incredible talent but like I don't know Monday nights in the studio or when we're gigging like that's just a good time to be alive and and I think we're all you know for, for me and I think we've all said this at different points like to be a part of something where everybody is bringing something fresh and creative and interesting every week um, and I don't know we, we laugh a, a lot we laugh a ridiculous amount <laughs> we, we probably wouldn't still be a band if we wouldn't like laugh through the pain but we, we laugh a lot alright well let's hear some more mute flutes uh, I, I, you're going to play this post a couple apocalypse love song I think next is that right so there's a little discrepancy in okay, song right. I think we should play next okay, alright we need a vote. Can we vote? Is that fair enough? Well, you, you can vote right here. We'd We're love to vote. see how this all works. So we, uh, it's either the, the post-apocalypse love, um, which, which, the, which, have you guys know that song? Anybody? Yeah. Or it's worry about the wind. Those are our options. So who votes for PAL, post-apocalypse love? And who votes for worry about the wind? Oh my gosh, it's a 3-3 split? John, you get to make the call. 
You know, I think I like the post-apocalypse because I'm uh, not sure what that's all about. So I want to hear it. Okay. Let's do it. And we might still have time for worry about the we're wind. We're sticking to our guns. Watch 
sing-along. We'll let you know when we get to that part of the song. <laughs> Try not to sing before then. It's frowned upon. The song is called uh, Worry About the Wind. It's a fun note on the recording. This is when we had all that aqua V that night. And so when you hear the end of the song, listen. How many people do you think are clinking their bottles together at the end? Sounds like about 5,000. There's a lot of, lot of excessive clinking of the bottles. Only you guys know that. Thoughts become the meaning All these dreams I can't stop dreaming As my head is in the clouds And feet are on the ground I'm singing with the season And I'm not trying to worry about the wind And this river keeps on moving around the bend And all the stitches Where my sails are full of wishes We're softening the skin Starting up again Just working out the glitches Though the words they do elude us Hey, let's not quit, come on, let's do this As my head, it all seems clear My body's holding fear You need something to renew us I'm not trying to worry about a thing All this striving leads me back to where I've been There is enough to go along into the city with the silence Try not to worry about it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Mute Flutes. You've got to make sure you pick up their new album, Hideaway Love. You guys have a CD release show this Saturday night, 8 p.m. at Tip Top Deluxe Bar and Grill, correct? Yep. And uh, you've got a couple of special guests, including a former band member, right? That's right. Tom Hem and Major Murphy are going to be playing with us at night. Absolutely great. So what's the rest of the plan for 2016 and beyond for you guys? More touring? Yeah, we've got a decent summer schedule, and we're still filling dates for the fall. And so um, we're so sick of recording and making decisions and writing songs that I think we just are all like really ready to get out and just play a bunch of music. And so um, if you go to muteflutes.com, that has all of our tour schedule there, and uh, we'll keep adding shows as they come along. That's great. Well, we've got time for another song, so now you're going to have to pull out Sway <laughs> after all. I was so excited. So, uh, I really didn't want to skip that song. Yeah, he didn't want to. I could tell Michael wanted to play this, so we're going to make sure he gets his opportunity here. Uh, you will be able to catch this podcast, video, and story at localspins.com in coming weeks, so keep an eye out on that website for uh, more about the Mute Flutes, and definitely if you get a chance, Buy the new album and check them out this Saturday night at Tip Top Deluxe Bar and Grill. And this is Sway from the Mute Flutes.
slide, you guys. Good night. Thank you very much. Once again, thanks so much to the Mute Flutes for being part of Hopcat Presents Local Spins Live at River City Studios. You'll be able to catch the podcast, video, and story at localspins.com down the road. And thank you all. Local Spins want to thank everybody that's here tonight to share this special evening. Uh, once again, you can catch more about the uh, Mute Flutes on their Facebook page and website and beyond. And definitely keep an eye out for them and they're, as they're performing here this summer. Thank you so much and have a terrific evening. <laughs>